story so far. Mm. God, it's getting so good. Um, big cliffhanger in last week's episode. Was with, there? Yes, there was. Polly announced to Charles that Abby is his daughter. Gas. <gasps> Gosh. Lynn, Gas. Has a, Lynn has arrived back from um, her transatlantic um, sort of sojourn on the Barracuda. Ooh, it's a sojourn, was it? Sojourn, yes. Sojourn. Yes. Um, it's apparently it's five and a half weeks or something like that, but it's two episodes. Um, <laughs> that's in the Howard's Way timey-wimey thing. Um, um, the um, wildlife preserve is still being preserved. Ken Masters has been shafted royally from by Charles. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Um, anyway, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! Woo! And we are following Woo-hoo. the absolutely amazing, amazing drama that is Howard's Week. on the 19th of October, 1986. Gosh. Oh, I know. What I does IMDb but, say about I was about but a child it? then. I was a well, child. Baby in arms. We were. Baby in we, arms. We were both, yes, both very children-like. Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> we still are. So. Some <laughs> so people might we've say. We've never grown up. It's the Peter Pan complex. Oh. <laughs> so, so what does what does the delightful IMDb say about this? Have they actually watched the episode? <laughs> so, do we think? So, Jonathan. The delightful IMDb says Leo and Gerald reassure Abby that the decision she made was not a selfish one. Gerald guesses why Freyr changed his mind about the marina development and confronts Polly. Financial pressures move Jack to a desperate act and his new distraction decides to move on too. After Lynn breaks the good news, Jan cautions her daughter about past events. Bill threatens to resign from the mermaid yard when no one heeds his warning about Tom's new catamaran as a serious design flaw. (sighs) Polly refuses to answer Abby's nagging question and later she goes to Frere to plead Gerald's case. Jan's new business remains at risk. Leo seeks a job from Tom. Kate appears as Jack's guardian angel once again. Avril goes to great lengths to ensure she and Tom remain their own masters. And while at sea, Tom comes to a devastating realisation. <gasps> yes, well, I can actually look at IMDb and they've actually spelled realisation in an American way. So, so it's obviously some American that's written this. 
does that invalidate the? That's what it invalidates. Invalidate it, 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 it needs to be someone. It very needs to be British. someone from the south coast. <laughs> Tarrant on the someone from, someone from Burliscombe or whatever the, the name of the place is. So, oh so, my gosh, yeah. So, so episode. where will we start? I really, really like this episode. I loved it lots. Um, it was really good in the respect that it sets up some storylines and it also puts to bed some other ones. Um, the first one we'll follow, um, trajectory, is Lynn and Claude. Lynn and Claude. So, um, they're wandering around in sort of like a nice romantic walk around a park over yes. a bridge. A pretty bridge. It's just all very, very pretty. Floaty dress and, and, all, and all. Yeah, and Claude sort of just says, well, you're my fiancé. And she's like, ooh, am I? I've only known you for six weeks. <laughs> for two episodes. Two episodes. <laughs> and we're getting married. Goodness. Um, Goodness, Claude, do you do everything at 100 miles an hour? Yes. And so he... That, that's the proposition it was and that's just it just seems to be glossed glossed over there was no romantic thing it was just well no we great are. romantic gesture no i didn't go down on one knee there was nothing it was just like really you're my but, wife now you're my wife now <laughs> but then again when i remember when i proposed to you we were, we were out on a champagne crawl with a yeah. gang of friends i was very very drunk we were all very very drunk <laughs> And then the following day, when we sort of like slightly hung over having Burger Kings, we said, "Did we actually say we're going to get married?" And then we just continued with it. Yeah. <laughs> Done it now. <laughs> so yes, yes, a shotgun wedding. Hey. So, but yeah, so so they're now engaged. Or well, in fairness, their chemistry is quite good, and. I, yeah, I, I, and the problem their biology is quite good as well. Yeah, so and <laughs> they're okay at physics. Yeah, but getting that brick up that, the, uh, the uh, geography is not a strong suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, especially with the geographic location of Claude's accent. I mean, cause mm. it, he's, it, he can't. It, it it's really really it's really really challenging watching yeah. it because well, he speaks French like a native of Aberdeenshire. <laughs> yes. So he's okay with a sentence or two, but after that, the, the accent seems to drift all over the place. It's, oh. it's, it's about as good a steerability as the Lynette, <laughs> so, which we'll get on to we'll later on in to this in episode. So, so Lynn, Lynn then goes, goes and to, announces this to yeah, Jan, to Jan, expecting like woo, yay, because Jan is obviously incredibly invested yeah. in Claude because she's putting everything on the line for, yeah. for Claude and his designs. Yes. And so Jan reacts as if Lynn had just handed her a shit sandwich. I know. But I think it's it's, it's going back to the conversation where, um, say, Claude actually said, it is okay to have an affair. And I think that's what, what what's the trigger point for, for... But you just don't have a relationship. So you're suggesting that Claude's moral compass might not well, be... Might be a little bit of a drift. A bit of skew. And... And I think it's it's that that I think that's that worry of of Jan, and I don't know if I'm looking too much into it, but I think she's. Well, it wouldn't be like you, no. Um, <laughs> but I think Jan is a little bit worried that, that the, although she's got full admiration for Claude, um, he got engaged and was scheduled to be married to this French Elaine, socialite. Elaine, is that Elaine? Elaine. <laughs> so, 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 design thing. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, so she's she's a little bit worried. Um, but not in fairness, there wasn't really much made of Lynn's engagement. I mean, Claude's goes round, and then Lynn announces it to Leo, and and Leo sort of just like, oh, well done, and congratulations, sort of congratulations, and tries to make a bit of a joke of her sort of walking the streets and things like that. Yeah. Which is a bit weird. That was a bit weird. That was, that was a little bit weird. Yeah. And, and but it's kind of like a brother joke that just missed the mark. It missed really. the mark a little bit. And then we've got Tom. Tom, we don't actually see Tom being told. He's just... But Tom still doesn't know. Well, Tom, Tom, Tom did. <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah, we, we, we know. We know. Our listeners sake. want to know that we actually watched the episode. But Tom um, is, is basically telling it in retrospect to to Avril through the serving hatch. Through the serving <laughs> hatch. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, I would have thought they would have made a bit more of that, but they didn't. But I say... That it's, it's low-key, isn't it? It's a, it's it's a, a low-key engagement. Yeah, so there doesn't seem to be a lot invested in it, and we I think we know more why we're not... Well, I'm actually surprised, because... Basically, because of the end, I don't want to spoil it for people that are watching Spoiler along. Spoiler Our tweet along at eight pm on the Sunday. Um, hashtag Howard's Way on tweet Twitter. Um, but I would have thought there'd been a bit more invested into this because of how the storyline sort of erupts in about five episodes' time. So I'm just a bit like, hmm, yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, I suppose there isn't room for everything. No. So also with the Abby storyline, Abby's Abby announced that so, she was yes. giving the baby away. Yeah. So last week's bombshell, bombshells, mm. I suppose, is that Abby has has given away the baby, and then we see the baby being bundled into so the back a mini of a taxi, a mini cab, a mini cab off to Tarrant Railway Station. Yeah. We, yeah. We haven't seen anything. There was not. Say Orin's dad is nowhere to be seen, but there's some woman that looks like she's potentially a nanny. She's not explained, is she? She's the baby's just past this woman in this oversized blouse, yeah. and bundled into the back of this. We're assuming it's a baby. It might have been. It a, was a baby. Yeah, it might have been was a, a fish and supper. <laughs> <laughs> and then Orin sort of trying to say farewell to Abby, but Abby is just won't even get eye contact with her, which I thought was really kind of sweet. I mean, she was. She didn't even go downstairs to say goodbye because the baby gets bundled into the cab, and she's in the nursery looking down. And I think the, the looking the, sad. The, the only sort of um, aspect of it, which I'd have thought would have probably been a bit, a bit weighed, lashing it on, would be having rain going against the window while watching her look through. Yeah. And we could have had some. You know the a minor key version of the of always there, yeah, playing gently in the in it, the background. I, I think it's as though like, oh, well, we've had a baby now. What do we do? Because we've sort of we've got to do something more with Abby. And if she's got a baby yeah. in tow, what well, that's do we just do? inconvenient, isn't it? It's really convenient. Let's and, get and you, rid of the baby. And you can't just have the baby in a in a cupboard for the for the rest of the <laughs> yes, it's, rest it's of upstairs the series. in the nursery. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like Tracy Barlow in her tapes. She went yeah. up, up to play her tapes for two years and yeah. came down as a different person. So where's the baby? Oh, it's playing its tapes in its bedroom. <laughs> yes, <so>. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that storyline gets sort of... That gets wrapped up really quite quickly, which in fairness it was because it was getting well, a gets, tedious. Yeah, but then gets replaced quite quickly by the who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? Because who's the daddy? Gerald sort of is is 
a bit perplexed that Charles Fair is pulled out of the sort of wildlife preserve marina development. Um, and she's he's aware that Polly went and saw Charles and asked what's happened. And then it comes about that he is aware that Charles is the dad or suspects Charles is the dad and has kept quiet about it for so long. Um, and, and then he announces it to Abby that he's not the father because I think it's probably, he feels it's better coming from him than something happen along the way because just in case Charles announces it and then it causes ructions. Um, which is, I mean, in fairness, it's a really good, meaty storyline, that. Mm. Um, and you have got some similarities. I know in the Twitter sphere, people are saying that Abby and Charles have got nothing in common, but I think they're quite wrong because they're quite, they're, they're, they're very much, once they get something in their sights, they go for it completely and utterly. Well, yeah, but then we're, we're heading straight into the whole nature versus nurture debate, really, is that, that Abby might be his biological child, but he was she was brought up by Polly and Gerald, and I, I think that's much more significant. But then again, Polly is very much like Charles as well, because Polly well, is... Oh, you mean distant and unavailable? <laughs> well, no, but she wants something, she gets it. Uh, be that a man, be that a frock, be that a house, be it a lifestyle. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if that's a trait that 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 Abby has particularly adopted. Is, is no, well, I don't know. I think, I think she's adopting it because she was quite. I mean, obviously, she was a bit lumpy and morose throughout series one. Um, she seems to have stopped the idea of being a social worker anymore. So, so that. <laughs> So there's a big loss for social workers. Well, indeed it is. Indeed it is. She's more in need of a social worker than being yeah, a social worker. Because I, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, so. I think it wraps that storyline up, which I think is is quite good because it was getting a little bit tedious. Um, but it's. I, I did quite like the tenderness of Orin, though. I thought that was really, really quite sweet, and it did look as though. They, I mean, they had did have chemistry. I think the actors for both the person that played the, that plays plays Orin and Abby, they really did have a good. There was a tenderness there, um, and there is a there is a tenderness between Leo and Abby's storyline. Um, so we also have Abby sort of walking along some ruins with Leo, and she makes some dis- <laughs> quite disparaging remarks to Leo. Because Leo's now working at the uh, at the, the mermaid, working. In, yeah, well, we've not really come on to his story. Yeah, so yet. what was that? He's he, so he's working as a as a machinist, creating sails for the for the for the yachts. And she's she was very disparaging about him on the on the sewing machine. But then Leo also says that he'd be quite happy being a house husband. So which, I think Leo is the epitome of. Um, you know, what, new age man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah, he's a, a new new style of of man. Yeah. Like, there is a term but I can't remember it. Yeah, so he he's he's very in tune with his emotion, emotions and some such things. But yeah, I thought I thought that was like really quite sweet and very nice. So but it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is. Um, so, uh, so we have the the Gerald, Polly, and the the uh, Gerald, Polly, and Charles sort of triangle. So 
Jar, uh, so Gerald is a little bit standoffish because obviously it's been announced that so he, he's a it, it, the, the the cat's out the bag. I think there was an unsaid rule of don't mention who the daddy is. Yeah, I think so Gerald's Gerald's, been, yeah. So Gerald's been put into a really difficult position. I think but, mm. you know he now it's now well it's now established that his employer is the father of her of, of his daughter. daughter. Uh, and, and Gerald doesn't feel he can continue. No. Um, and we discover that not only is Gerald a qualified solicitor, but he's also a, a chartered, chartered accountant. accountant. Which is, it's got so he's a polymath, is old Gerald. He's, yeah, he's very good. He's very good. He's also got city and guilds and plumbing. <laughs> and he can wire a plug. Which is marvellous. <laughs> marvellous. So Ger- the, the Gerald storyline, I mean, because... There's a lavender marriage there, which is alluded to. Oh, well, it's been it's been out the bag in Sarah's one, and it obviously becomes aware that also Charles is aware that it's a lavender marriage, and Charles is aware that Polly, I say, that, that it's a, it's a transactional relationship um, between Gerald and Polly. So he, he he so Charles is aware of that, and it's just really unfortunate that storyline didn't. Develop. It does develop a little bit towards the end of this. I think it's the end of this series. It that that develops where there's a little bit of a, a wobble with Gerald. Um, so Gerald has so, so basically says he's ending his his working relationship with Charles. Polly sees her ass about that and said, "Look, so th- this relationship is based on I'm providing you the wife. I'm I'm providing the wifely duties." And you're, and you're providing, providing the money. You're providing the money, and that's how it works. If you are no longer providing the money and the lifestyle, I'm then out of here. That, then I'm out of here because that's how it was. It was a it was a smoke screen, and mm. even even Charles mentions that to Gerald because Gerald's in a predicament because he's buying all the Relta Marine shares, sort of stealth wise yep. mm-hmm. for. Charles, yes, he's Charles' nominee. Yes, um, so Char- and Charles is buying Relta Marine because then he wants to have a controlling interest in the Mermaid Yard. Not exactly sure how that business bollocks. Yeah, works. I'm I'm totally confused by by all of that. None of it, none of it makes any sense whatsoever. So I'm just going to let we'll, it we'll go. Well, let it let it let it ride. Let I'll it ride. Let it go. So, um, so that's quite interesting because, and Abby takes it quite well. Um, and I think a pre and, and Gerald announces that I'm not your father. Um, I'm not your biological father. Um, and Polly's refusing to tell Abby. So Abby's like, hmm, I wonder who my father is, and and challenges Polly on that. And Polly won't say that's none of your business, and it doesn't concern you. Of course, it does. It does, obviously. Um, but I, I can see where Polly's coming from, and also I think Abby's going to put two and two together with regards to the the whole protest thing. Oh, we won! It's like oh, that that because that was quick. That was quick. It's like oh, right, okay. So it's sort of we. We it's all of, gone away now. Yeah, we had a scuffle in, outside the gates of a wildlife. Including the criminal charges have all gone away yeah, now. Yeah, it's always like, oh, right, okay, we've wrapped that up in a nice bow and sent a Hallmark card, um, So, which is lovely. <clears throat> um, so then we've got the storyline of, which is really quite, quite delicious, really, 
Jack. Jack. Which is an interesting, if you think about it, the Jack Dawn storyline is actually sort of like a parallel of the Gerald Polly storyline. It is, because it's another transaction, because uh, 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 Jack and Dawn have hooked up sort of that it's most inappropriate or, and the chemistry just isn't there no it was a little bit a little <laughs> bit uh, a bit a bit of a stretch to be honest a bit of a stretch oh and they're both very good actors in their own mm, right indeed. however e- i think even then we, they weren't really like how the hell did this happen um and so dawn wants to have have someone that's going to cover her economic she wants a sugar daddy she wants a sugar daddy she wants to be looked after unfortunately um, jack doesn't really have the resources to be a sugar daddy i mean he's done that to impress her. they've been out to the casinos and been wined and dined and everything and he does have a nice house and he does have a boat yard and makes making a successful yacht and la 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 and dawn is there as a transaction because he she's she's attractive and she's good on his arm that sort of thing and when Jack puts a bet on for five hundred pounds on a horse race, and she puts some money, she get he stakes her to put some money on and, uh, on a race, and they lose, and it becomes aware because he owes the bookie nine and a half grand, and also he's got apparently it comes about that he's got a twelve grand overdraft. Yep, and Barclays, <laughs> Barclays, yes, and uh, so it's. It, and and Dawn says, "Look, well, look, I don't want to be in a situation where there's no money." And, and so, she reveals a bit of her. She reveals a bit about say, "Look, th- say we lost the television. And I don't want to be in a situation like that. I want, to, I want, to, I want to be comfortable." And it's not. And it, it's been nice, but it's not going to go on. And Jack's. Off. I don't think Jack's that arsed, really. I mean, he's, well, he, uh, de- I mean he, he has a bit of a he has a drink, but I think yeah. he's just drowning he in sorrows. Doesn't seem to be devastated by it, and and he's tried to do the dirty. Well, he's not done. To the, he's tried to raise capital by selling a percentage share, twenty five percent of his shares on in the Mermaid Yard to David Lloyd, and we know from David Lloyd, David Lloyd at the uh, Relton, David Lloyd has tried to stake a claim on Avril. Avril's politely declined. And he has a grudge, a little grudge, and so Jack sells his, him shares for forty thousand. So that bails him out of his overdraft, gives him a bit of cash, and pays his his bookie bill. He's lost Dawn, and then Avril then buys the shares back for fifty thousand pounds. So, uh, so Avril's stake in the Mermaid has gone gone higher, and David shafted Avril, but Avril has the means and has agreed yeah. to it. And this is this is one part of my confusion around the the, the, the relationship between Relton Marine and the Mermaid Yard because David Lloyd is saying, Oh well before I can buy these shares I'll need to see the books. Well You've already seen the books. We've already seen the books because in an earlier episode Relton was described as the as the parent company and, and it just doesn't make it doesn't really that, doesn't that, make that, any that, sense that element doesn't me. really make any sense because I I, I They've designed a boat, they've built the boat, and they've used that as the the benchmark for doing something else. So I don't exactly know what shares they're having, but I suppose having shares in the Mermaid is like having shares in Tom Howard, who's designing all the 
glorious boats. Yeah. So presumably, I mean, it's, if, it seems that, that Relton in some way or other has bought into the Mermaid Yard. But we don't understand what percentage But we don't know how much. But and... um, also, Relton Marine are aware that, that that someone's buying shares in Relton Marine, but Charles is buying shares in Relton Marine because they've got a claim over the Mermaid Yard. Yeah, because he wants the he Mermaid wants the Yard. Land. But does Relton own enough of the Mermaid Yard to... It's all a bit all over the place. Yeah. So I'm not going to think too much about it. I'm just going to let it wash let over. Let it wash over. I and mean, potentially they've got shares in that they've got shares in Relton and they've got shares I say the mermaid shareholders have got shares in Relton and Relton got shares in the mermaid jars so they've got sort of some sort well, of Well, Avril and Tom etc seem to be on the board of of of, of Relton. Relton. So yeah. Oh, it's all it's all very confusing. Yeah, it is all it's all a very bit confusing. all over the place. And I, but it is quite it is quite nice, and I sort of you can sort of understand the business the element uh, they're buying into each other and la 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 la. Um, and there's a stealth campaign happening with Charles trying to buy into Relton to get the Mermaid Yard because he wants the land. He's got he's a property mogul sort of person, and now Charles is now. Slightly expressing interest in in um, in Abbey and verifying things, and I think he's worked out with regards to the dates that it probably would match up. Um, so there is that element that's going there. Um, but also we have this now. What would have been you know in in parallel a parallel universe if I if I was writing mm-hmm. um, Howard's Way, what would have been really interesting would have been if. Uh, Charles had a son, uh-huh. and Abby developed a romantic interest in, the in son. Charles's son, and that has to be blown out. That of would water. have that would have made the whole thing much they more dramatic. The, that would have up the stakes. I would have up the stakes dramatically. That enough. would so. Uh, that, hey. that 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 would that would have been a, a good thing, and I think talking about you know sort of the fantasy thing that there's, the episode starts with um, the Lynette out, um, and we've got Davy and Leo, uh, and Tom. And Tom. Out. And this is where this is where Leo asked Tom if he can about work, a job, about a job, and Tom says, "Oh, you have to have to ask Jack," and he said, "I've already asked Jack. Jack's approved it, so it's down to you." So that's all good stuff. But there didn't seem to be a really good chemistry between Davy and Leo. There was a there, there there was a little frisson. There was a frisson there. So I, I I'm just thinking that that's in this and we had the conversations about him being a house husband. House husband. Yeah, he was admitting to Abby that about, about being a house husband. Yeah. So there there does seem to be like was there a potential for something to happen there because there didn't seem to be any reason for leo to be on the lynette or indeed there didn't really seem to be much reason for for davy to be on the lynette yeah for so both at the same time it both just, at the same time it yeah. felt a bit contrived it did seem a bit contrived but so the, the 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 scenes that we've had with leo and davy there has always been an element of lingering as a sort of and as sort of a fondness. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. But maybe it just maybe. It, do, it that does feel. I mean, to the, the, the fanfic of sort of Leo yeah. and and Davy. What could have happened? What could have been? Because say Leo and Abby 
although they've kissed, it, it it's never really gone it's anywhere. It's never gone anywhere. Um, and yeah, so I thought that was that was really quite an interesting. Yeah, element. it's almost as if they were sort of like put, putting out lots of things. hooks in lots of different directions mm. to 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 see what snags. Yeah, and then we've got sort of Jan. She's having difficulty with her suppliers, and uh, and she doesn't know why because they're giving excuses of delays and delivery delays and this and that and the other. And she's, it just seems like everything that is going towards her creating her this sort of this this collection, everything is being delayed, and it's just like something is is up. Um, and she admits to Ken, she's obviously not talking to Ken. The relationship with Ken has has completely utterly chilled in that sort of the romance element because she's not forgiven him for sending the rough guys in to and Leo being battered yeah um, i think that that boat has well and truly sailed yeah or sunk yeah so that's sunk and she's told that no i say they say i tolerate being friends sort of thing but the romance is 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 a, is a no-go so ken has been well and truly sort of uh, sort of told that that's nothing's happening on that regard anymore which is good and i think good good for you jan really yes that's, yeah very very good but ken you're offers, too good you're too good for for ken. ken ken offers to help her supply getting supplies through do you need to do anything and and jan says categorically no last time you did that look what happened i don't agree with those methods but there does seem to be something that's stopping things and she mentions this to claude and Claude suddenly goes off. Yes. In a meeting. So reading between the lines, I think we've already it's already been telegraphed quite, um, quite vividly about his um, called off engagement uh, to, marriage to to someone in in the fashion fashion. fashion. So fashion. so putting two and two together, I can assume that. Hell hath no fury, fury. than a, a woman scorned. Yeah, so that just seemed really, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they are, are wedging that in, um, and it doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be any friction. Although Jan is is worried for Lynn, she doesn't seem to have said anything to to Claude about them getting married. Although she does chill down a little bit when she sees them when they, they, they're at the house together. And Leo's been told, and she goes and scurries off to go and get some champagne and takes Lim with her, and it's a smile and that sort of thing. So she seems to have thawed towards that idea, which is yeah, thought good. Um, good. Um, but she didn't really develop it too far, which I think is a bit sad. But it, it worked. It, it, it sort of works. So, but also, what I'm, there's a big question mark as well because. Three episodes ago, Ken offered Claude some money just to go away. And he doesn't seem to have mentioned that to Jan. And that doesn't seem to have been discussed at all. And I well, that thought, was three episodes ago. Yeah. So, who, who, who even remembers that now? <laughs> only, only obsessive. Only at Howard's very super fans. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, that's that, that. That seems a very, very interesting. Um, but they didn't develop that any further. Mm. So Claude leaves 
the fashion empire, which seems yeah. to have come along. I don't it's, know why. They only wanted like three people to work for yeah, it, and they've got this massive warehouse. It is a massive set that they've built. It's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like Pebble Mill's been used a lot. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so we do get to get to see a, a bit more of the... Pebble Mill. You know, the Frere HQ, a.k.a. Pebble Mill Studios. Oh, they, they seem back, to... We're back in the boardroom with a rather bizarre green baize tablecloth. Yeah, which... Yeah, and and net curtains up, which I can only assume was to disguise something that you would see outside the the bullring or something. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the didn't, geography. Didn't Pebble Mill have like fountains and and things around it? it had like Probably. a moat around the studio. Because remember the Pebble Mill Studios, it had some sort of water going around. Because it was the Pebble Mill. Oh, Pebble was it Pebble Mill at one? It was like some sort of magazine yeah. show. Ran for many years. And, and I saw a, many episodes when I was skiving off the school. Yeah, or you've, you've got a, you've got a tummy ache and you can't I go to school. And a cough. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to school. I'll watch Pebble Mill at one and or and or Crown Court. Oh yeah, yeah. So you have to have Crown Court or the Sullivans. Yeah. You remember yeah. the Sullivans? I remember the Sullivans. <laughs> yeah, that was a soundtrack to to skiving off school. <laughs> I used to watch all the all the all the teaching programs. That, oh yeah, of course. I always quite enjoyed those, uh, so, um, but it, so, so they've obviously filmed a lot at Pebble Mill, which is fair enough. And uh, so there seems to be a, a meeting happen in work for Charles in a Pebble Mill side office. I mean, it had this massive, big, sort of beige calculatory thing. On the yeah, desk. a bit of set dressing, wasn't it? And you just thought, what the hell's that? It just looked like it was out of the nineteen seventies. <laughs> so it's like yeah, it was an adding machine. But, yeah, but why would he have that on his own desk? Because he, he's a oh, I don't know. I don't know. It was just a bit of set dressing. Yeah. So it was just like, mm, well, what's happened here? Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, because that was the bookies manager's office. Manager the big bookies it? manager's office. Yeah, uh, it was like, yeah, that's Pebble Mill again. Because you could see the same. Because the same is the same style of sofa that was in in the bookies thing that was in the conference room. <laughs> so- think, well, let's face it. You know that that the enormous set that they built for House of Howard. <laughs> Yeah, that, would have taken a, such a big chunk out of the production well, design that, budget. I don't think that was a set. I think that was actually a location. I'm not convinced. Are you not? I think I think that was a set. That that looked very much. It was on video and not on film. Oh, if right. it was a location, it'd be on film. It was oh, on video. Right, because it, it did have a very sweeping. Yeah, it was massive. <laughs> it must have taken up the entirety of the the big Pebble Mill studio. <laughs> So, you only saw one half of it. I mean, it was absolutely huge. I thought, crikey, these are meant to be. It's not like a sweatshop, like like well, the liquor like, factory three, in like, kind of three, three, three women on sewing machines and lots of blokes <laughs> painting. painting. <laughs> it's just like what the and hell? Jan's desk is away, like it's the a far, far end. end, the furthest possible end. It's <laughs> Claude's desk at the other end, and they sort of shout at each other. Hello. Have they got tin cans of string to talk to each other? I don't know. So that it, that did seem a tad silly. Uh, so Tom, going to the Tom storyline. Tom, Tom is very confident in his design of the catamaran. Yeah, do you think he's a little bit hole. overconfident? Yes, mm-hmm. because 
Bill is still is still certain it's not safe. And we start the episode with him having a conversation with Avril. And Avril saying, "Well, come round to mine this evening, and we can discuss it." We, that that happens off off. off yeah. So, that, so we don't off, see the, we don't see see the, that discussion. No. But he's got concerns over that, and he's threatening to leave if it's not those concerns aren't addressed, which is quite a serious thing. Yeah. So look, this is not that is not a a good yes. thing. But Tom continues to poo poo. I said, no, it's my design. My design's fabulous. I'm fabulous at designing. But he also spots a market with regards to making sales because when the, for, the, for the Barracuda, they had to ship the sales out. That For some reason, they had to buy the sales in from somewhere else or get them made somewhere else. But he's got two work people there. That are well, he's got three now. Three now. That, is that now? Because he's got Leo. Leo's gone to work in the sale yes. loft. Very much the so. sale making loft, whatever so, it's called. Uh, so he's got this idea, and he says, "Right, well, we need a computer so we can actually do all the bits and pieces." So they invest mm. in a computer, which Jack's not very happy about. And it's just like this computer, but it's a remarkable computer. Really, <laughs> it, is, it hums. The software that that is running is, it's you know, you just put in some numbers and it produces a sale. It's just marvelous. <laughs> it's the technology of it. The technology is <laughs> astonishing. And it seems to hum like a twin tub on spin cycle. <laughs> well, there's a lot of processing power involved. And <laughs> I'm sure they're, they're, when they're, not, when they're not When they're not making sales or playing Pong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're playing Elite. Remember Elite? <gasps> God, was that the game where it say if you if you got to the end of it, you'd win like a hundred thousand pounds? Because I remember so many kids at school. I, it was a, it was an interspace. It was a inter- trading game, a trading wasn't it? game that so, you flew from planet to planet, planet. To planet, buying and selling. A bit like a bit like Only Fools and Horses in space. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. I, I I couldn't really get into that. New York, Paris, Peckham, <laughs> Mars, <laughs> the Moon, Uranus. Uh, Honestly, you've got to <laughs> lower the tone. So, yeah. I to, I, my friend and I, when I was at school, I would go around to his house because he had a he'd a Spectrum. I just had a ZX81. Oh, right. But he'd a, he'd a Spectrum and he we and he, he had Elite and we used to we used to play Elite uh during during our lunch lunch times. Marvelous. Could you pause it and then go back to where you were playing, or did you have to start all over again? Um, I've got a feeling we we just started the game afresh every time. I don't think, I don't remember pausing it and picking it up. Because I had some friends at school that had it on the BBC, uh, BBC Master, um, and they spent the entire. I mean, they asked me if they wanted to go and play, uh, and it, I just found it really, really tedious and boring. It was a bit like. Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm going out my BMX. <laughs> Go find some other friends to play with. <laughs> with, your, with your BMX bandits. <laughs> so, oh, I love that film. We'll have to watch that again. No, I don't think we will. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so they've got this snazzy computer. They've got a snazzy computer. So they're, they're, that's going to be making sales like Billio. Yeah, yeah. So fa- fabulous. Um, and yeah, Leah's going to be busy on his sewing machine. <laughs> yes. Before he, before he moves to the knicker factory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to Underworld. Yes. There's a Coronation Street crossover in the making there, isn't there? 
Ooh, go from yeah. one channel to another. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. Uh, so well, like, well, he's not having a, 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 a an illicit relationship, an, an inter interracial <laughs> relationship. Yeah, so I think so. The, the fantasy, which, which would, let's face it, that would have been too much. That that would have been for so, prime time Sunday night BBC One in the mid eighties. Oh, we had we've got the lavender marriage, which I, I think that's developed a little bit more in this series, um, and then it's automatically forgotten about which is peculiar uh, and annoying and i think having a sort of a, a, a gay asian interracial thing that would have been that's not sunday songs of praise people would be yeah. clutching their pearls maybe quite house would have choked on her false teeth <laughs> so so we've got imagine the letters to points of view <laughs> Did Barry took well there was, there, for this series? Every, Barry took as I said, we've covered this before. Barry took they ha- had people writing in saying they don't didn't like the closing sequence. I think that that closing sequence is ditched in series three. Well, they'd milked it for everything at I that know. point. You know, they were just trying to get to get some record sales yeah. out of it, so it could only been last. Always there, yeah. You know, good old Marty Webb. <laughs> so. Basically, we've got Tom who thinks, no, my design is amazing, my design is amazing, my design is amazing. And the cliffhanger of this episode is he Tom takes the customer out because it's going to be windy on, on, on his own. And then he hears this almighty <coughs> and something's cracked in a very important place. And that's when we have Marty Webb that's kicking in. Yeah. So, so presumably think- that means that, that the catamaran hadn't gone through the same exhaustive uh, stress that testing the that the Barracuda did. did. No, you'd have thought, like, so, but that they've built it, and so, and, and it is out of fiberglass. It's not a wooden catamaran. Um, yeah. Fi- so, so how they've made it, mm. not quite sure. Unless, unless as part of the the tie up with Relton and and they've used. Relton, I don't know. I, no. I don't. I'm not going to think too much about this. But it does look. I'd it does look an confused. impressive boat, apart from the massive crack. <laughs> it is. So we. Well, so, you can. You know, it's, let's not. Let's not get hung up on massive cracks. <laughs> you know, no one's perfect. No, but what I quite liked about this episode is Dawn, um, Dawn and Ken Masters get back together. Um, and because so he's there at the jolly at the jolly sailor, and he says, "Oh, I believe you've been stepped out with um, with Jack from the Mermaid." And he says, "Yeah, might have done. I've been on a few dates." And he asked for more information, and she says, "I'm not going to give you that information." It's none of your bloody business. That's not your bloody business. And I think, good on you, good on you, Dawn. Good on you, Dawn. Um, and then Ken Masters invites her back and says, "There's nothing going on between me and Jan Howard," which. It's true, and well, it's true now. And uh, and he's he's say I don't need you, but I want you. Yeah, and I think that's as good as she's gonna get from Ken yeah. Masters. But what is it that he wants? Yes, well, he it, wants information. <laughs> information again, because she was very useful when she worked because she worked in the offices for information about the flying fish because that's what put the wedge between Tom and. Jan and created yeah. the wedge which shelved Tom into the arms of Avril and Jan into the arms of Ken. So 
and now there is what is it mark mark foster mark foster. it just turns out that don knows someone who well, used to go out with used to go out with mark go out foster. with mark foster who so who's mark boats. who's mark foster who will mark he Fo- be significant i think he in will the next be. series will he <gasps> i do believe that is gasp, going to gasp, be gasp. the case mm. so but i'm not sure i'm not sure if mark foster gets introduced in series three well, no, he's the, he might be introduced shortly. Mm. As, so, as maybe just as a kind of a teaser, a teaser, teaser yeah. because, for series three. Because so, so that's a mention that so that now Ken wants to get into speedboats, which is very exciting, and it is very exciting in yeah. fairness. As long as he's not getting into speedos, speedos. I don't know, Ken Masters. So he's got a certain je ne sais quoi. Um, so, but so that that's that, that sets that little nugget for future episodes that we're going to have speedboats as well as yachts as well as fashion, which is really really good. They don't seem to have touched more any more on horses apart from Jack losing lots of money on horses, and that's Kate's back in the seat in 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 again, which is great. Yay! Yay we love Kate. So, because Tom, <laughs> Tom phones Kate as a rescue mission for, for Jack because Jack's off the rails a little bit after getting into debt and la la la. And he comes clean with Kate when she just barges into the house and starts tidying up um, and puts the whiskey away and la 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 la. And then he says, oh, well, I've lost money on the horses. Because I think kate was the gateway drug for for jack i think he probably did have a few a flutter here and there well i think um, jack's probably got a bit a bit of a, a little bit of an addictive sort of yeah streak in but him, i think he? because the, he he's, he's got involved with kate she's been sort of like oh right yeah you can do that and the plus they want a lot of money and yeah. then the winning streak did not last so which is a bit sad but there doesn't seem to be much much information going on with Kate and her horses. She, she got a bit of chunk of money off Jack after they went to the horses a, cu- a couple of episodes ago before Dawn came on the scene, and he gave her half of the winnings. And I thought that was lovely. And so but that, he's probably regretting it by this episode. Well, he, he sort of yeah, he, he won the money, but now he's he's lost twice that amount that he won. So. Um, which and is, that's what happens with gamblers. Well, uh, yeah, we just sh- shouldn't go there. So Jack, uh, so Jack and Kate, great chemistry, really, really good chemistry. And um, I thought that was, and, and now he's he's trying to share. He's, he's sold part of his shares uh, to bail himself out, and it seems that I say they're back on track now with sort of the Kate and Jack, which is lovely. So I think we've actually covered all the storylines. I think I think we pretty much. But it was really good. It had lots and lots of content, and it sets it up for future, future bits and pieces and some meatier things rather than just little nonsenses and business stuff. I mean, oh, we didn't cover on that. Gerald's decided to to leave. Um, Charles, we did. Oh, we oh we did, didn't we? we? Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and Polly's put a. Put a threat. Yes, down. threat so, of divorce and taking you for every penny you've got, um, because she's got she's got things on him. Because obviously that's referencing the lavender marriage. Yeah. Um, and then she goes back to Charles, and Charles says, "Well, it was his choice. If he wants to come back, he can come back. But he's an associate. He's not an employee." So. Net 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 net. 
So I so I think there's the, the storyline is going to, to to rumble on in that way. But I quite like that. So it is it is quite delicious and it is very very nutritious. And it will run and run. It will run and run and run. And we've reached the the end the of the end podcast. Of the end of your patience. Yes. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you loved this episode. Please let us know what you thought. Um, and what what would you have thought in 1980s about having a gay relationship between Leo and Davy? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, let dun, us know. Answers on a postcard, please. Um, so don't forget, our 8pm every Sunday, we do a tweet along. Hashtag. The, uh, hashtag Howard's Howard You can get in contact with us on all social media platforms. at Dust. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the watch along and everything. We will be doing some more Bergerac. We did, we did threaten that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and we are plowing through the delicious series four uh, of Bergerac. Uh, previous episodes are all available on our back catalogue. Please like and subscribe and give us five stars and say, and you're just amazed balls. That Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. So in the meantime, it's Jonathan signing off. Farewell. And this is Rob saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.